He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Gave us all the dream. I remember often gay singing. What's going on? I don't play with my love. This is the Getting My Act Together soul cast. <laughs> Marvin Gaye singing. What's going on? This is the Blue Eyed Soul <laughs> podcast, Getting My Act Together, for Friday, the 22nd day of April 2022. I don't know if you can hear the music in the background. It is a New Jersey band called the Gaslight Anthem, covering a song by uh, a dude from Detroit whose name escapes me. Them high pants. And uh, wanted a chance. I'm so wrapped up in the song, I can't remember the name of the song. Gay singing. What's going on? What about Sam Cooke? I'll play with my love. I remember Otis Redding. Sitting on the dock of the bay. Speaking of dock of the bay, I saw Jason Isbell right before he got sober at the Earl in East Atlanta. Cook, y'all. Bring it on home to you. I saw Jason Isbell at the Earl right before he got sober. And he looked terrible. He looked like he'd been on tour forever, which he had been. But his voice was still like a canary. And he's such an expert at singing, expert at music, that he'd probably be like, dude, I was my voice was such a mess. But to me, it sounded crystal clear and wonderful rich resonant and he closed by covering sitting on the dock of the bay which was uh, spectacular and that's back when you could see jason isbel at uh, a place like the earl the legendary earl anyway welcome to the getting my act together podcast it's friday well, i'm trying to think of the name of that song anyway it's friday april 22nd 2022 the song is like I said, it's a cover song by a dude from Detroit whose name escapes me, and it's done by Gaslight Anthem. Anyway, thanks for joining in. If you want to come see me not sing, I will not be singing tonight. And I don't know if that was, I don't know how it sounded, but uh, I will not be singing, but I will be at the Laughing Skull Lounge again. Aren't they fucking sick and tired of you? Yeah, probably. But I'll be there Friday tonight uh, at 8 p.m., I think just 8 p.m. And then uh, on Saturday, 5 and 8 p.m. Very excited about these shows because uh, I had a real good time there last Friday. I had a good time this week. And uh, I'm feeling myself. Although this Wednesday, I was at the Laughing Skull Lounge and I had a bad experience with, which is very rare for me. You don't hear me. Hopefully you don't hear me grousing about stand-up and comics and shit like that. You know, just the nature of the business, the beast. But there was a <clears throat> a young fella. 
I, I'm not going to stoop to calling him names like nitwit or anything like that. But he was pretty fucking annoying, I got to be honest with you. <clears throat> he was annoying because he walked up to the front. For those of you who don't know, I uh, work Wednesday nights at the Laughing Skull Lounge hosting the open mic, and that's where all those TikTok clips come from. Or, or most of them come from that. And the the open mic at the Laughing Skull is an, just an awesome event. You've If you've listened to the podcast, you know how cool I think it is and what great shows they are. Out-of-town comics pop in. They're like, this is an open mic? Yeah, and it's 80 people selling out a club to see people who've never, do, never done stand-up do stand-up. And really, I, I say at the beginning of every show, you're going to see all shapes and sizes of comics. You're going to see newcomers. You're going to see road veterans working on new things. And it's just an amazing experience. And these people sell it out. And we have a great time. Usually there's a another... Uh, usually Nikki Allcaps Murphy is working with me or Andrew George. It's really a good time. So you see a lot of great comics, and you'll see first-timers, you see people that are terrible, you'll see edgelords, you'll see all sorts, right? And so as a mature fella, I have I, I have a, and I think a, a good, I don't mean host on stage, but a good, I think I'm a good welcome to the building host. I'm a host of the club, right? Hey, you're, you've never done stand-up before, you're you know so nervous that you're throwing up in the, in the stall before you're set, I got you. I mean, I'm not going to hold your hair, <laughs> but I, I, I'm i on your side, and I, I try to make people feel comfortable. I try to be very, very uh, positive and enthusiastic for newcomers, first-timers, because it's just awesome. Stand-up comedy is the best in the world. Anyway, so I, I, I think I give people, we all think we're better than we are, but I think I give new comics uh, and novice to the experienced people, a greater berth, a, a, a wider latitude to act like a nitwit, knucklehead, than most people do. But on Wednesday night, this guy, he came up, so, so the way it works is last uh, on Wednesday night, Nick Murphy and I were standing at the front. My job is to check in the comics, make sure that the comics were on the show, uh, have let me know they're there. And then Nick's job is to stand there and sell tickets to customers or, or check in uh, customers who've, bought, who've purchased tickets online. And Nick and I try to talk shit and try to catch up on what's been going on for the last, you know, since we haven't seen each other since <laughs> 24 hours before at Limerick. Need to just talk and bullshit and hanging out. But we're usually preoccupied. And so we're there on Wednesday night doing our thing at the front door. And, you know, like I said, the energy in the hallway before people go into the club is, it's like you're going into the arena, right? You're going into the Coliseum, Lions, Christians, Tigers, oh my. So there's anxiety, and there's like comics that are kind of sweaty, there are, there are friends that are nervous to see them, there are some people that are drunk, there are other people that don't party, or aren't cool, is what I meant to say, and it's just a it's it's a little chaotic kind of vibe. It's it's very like uh, it feels like Tokyo at night looks. 
that makes any sense. It's got a real uh, ambiance. Ambiance? I don't know. There's an energy to it that's, that's uh, you know, kind of a live wire vibe. And we're all doing our best to get through it, checking people in. Nick's checking in customers. I'm checking in comics. Because neither of us are capable of doing both. <laughs> it simply would be too much. And also, we're pro-union, so we want as many jobs doing <laughs> as few tasks as possible. That's why we have a designated cur- curtain opener, even though the host of the show could open the curtain. <laughs> we want people to have jobs. So amid this energetic anxiety, live wire, anything can happen, vibe as people are coming into the club, through this mass of people, all of a sudden I'm aware of a of an iPhone being pointed into my face from a distance of about the length of my arm. I'm, I'm literally trying to measure it right now. And if I stick my arm out, that's, what is that, one foot, two feet? No, dude, and down to the floor. Uh, my arm is like two and a half feet long, right? I don't know. My arm's like two and a half feet long. And the cam, the, the iPhone camera is about right there, being held by a dude who's aiming it right at me. I, I'm old, right? I, I'm not of the generation that is like, as soon as something is happening in the world, my, my instinct is not to pull the phone out and record it. My instinct is to try to see how I can get a joke out of it. <laughs> so I don't, so, so there's that. So there's me, the individual, just like, what the fuck is, why, you know, I don't quite connect with filming everything, but I, but I get it. I understand it's, I'm, 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 things change, right? I'm not knocking that necessarily. But I am accustomed to someone sticking a recording device into my face. And third, there is just, it's, a comedy club's kind of a, I don't even really know what this word means, but I know that it applies to a comedy club. It's sacrosanct. It's kind of a place where, even though I post clips and lots of comics post clips of what happens in a comedy club, that's to give you a taste of what goes on in there, to really entice you and say, there's some shit happening there that I don't really get anywhere else. And if you just watch it online, it's it's somewhat uh, vicarious, but you're you're not experiencing like I've said before, comedy stand up is like it's like ice hockey. You really have to experience it in person to 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 get what it's what's really happening and all the chaos in the room and everything. Anyway, the idea that someone is walking around recording that and capturing that is a little, it's just, it's unusual to say the least, but it's also a violation of really how comedy clubs work. And because we're nice, <laughs> you know, there's nobody who's fucking smacking the phone out of the kid's hand and saying, dude, get the fuck out of here with that. There's, there's, this is not New York. Which, that's, I think, an appropriate behavior. Like, fuck off with your camera, get the fuck out of here. Oh, no, they hit my camera. Well, that might not be what you expected where you grew up, but this is a different environment than you grew up in, and this is how things work here. So if someone would have smacked the phone out of the kid's hand, I wouldn't have 
thought it was a big deal or an overreaction. But because we are nice and thoughtful of the business, no one did that, even though Nick and I immediately were like, the fuck with this guy? So this kid comes up and he points the camera in, like, in my face. He's aiming it at me. And I was like, what's up? What's up, dude? And, you know, immediately when I don't know how often you get filmed. I get filmed a lot by people. Not like paparazzi, but, you know, people pull their can- their phones out at shows and shit like that. And you just, when it happens, you're additionally, especially for a figure of uh, semi-public whatever, like I am, I'm aware that, I'm aware that what I'm what I'm doing is being memorialized, and I don't really give a shit about anybody using it against me. But I just it, it changes the context of I can't be myself because you've introduced this artificial thing, right? So this artificial you, you've introduced the context prior to you pulling out your phone at a comedy show or coming into a comedy club. We're just talking shit, having a good time, bullshit, being in the fucking moment, being natural and authentic. And at our best, quite frankly. And it's different and reduced when a camera's pulled out. So anyway, this kid pulls his fucking phone out, and he's aiming it at me. And I just kind of stare at him. And he keeps pointing it at me, and then he points it at Nick, and he points it at people in line. And I kind of gave him, I I don't know what I said. I kind of gave him a gentle, like, hey, man, what's, how's it going? What's up? Are you a comic? What's going on with the camera? And and he said something about I'm, I'm making a video for some bullshit thing that nobody will ever see that's what i think and that's where my my heart is right now but i i hope he's successful because i don't want i don't wish there are some people that i don't want to be successful but this kid is not one of them like i i hope it works for you dude but this is not the norm and you're not being an iconoclast you know you're not a rebel by fucking filming people checking into a comedy club it's just not done and you're a jerk off (laughs) <laughs> so I, so here's time one. I say to him, you know, 20 minutes before the show starts, yeah, it's just normal. I, I don't know. Like, dude, I'm just not accustomed to someone sticking a phone in my face and recording me. He's like, oh, no, I'm doing this video thing for some blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's great. It's just not, you know, I kind of, I, I'm not being dad. Like, listen, son, this is, this is not, I'm an old white guy. He's a young black guy. There's that context of it too, right? I'm I'm conscious of, I'm aware of what's going. I'm aware of the world, as as you know. That's why <laughs> you listen to the podcast. I don't like to tell anybody to shut the fuck up. I don't like to tell, and I don't like to be a white person telling black people in general what to fucking do. I just don't like to do that. I should get more. I should, <laughs> I'm gonna try to get more comfortable doing that. It's just. It's not my thing. So I'm conscious of that as well. I'm the old white guy. He's the young black guy. Uh, and But I just so I gently kind of convey, you know, that's not the thing we normally do here. And, you know, whatever. What's your name? I check you in. Great. All right. Go in and have a good time. So he goes in. Show gets underway. There are great comics on it last night or Wednesday night. Well, I'm recording this late Thursday night. There are great comics on, I mean, Andrew Stanley, I mean, he was on Just for Laughs and Limerick Junction, started off the show. It was great. And the crowd was hot from the drop. It was really fun. But all through the night, this kid who probably goes 14th on the list is in the back. And every time I turn around, the phone is pointed at me. 
and numerous times I'm like, oh, hey, I didn't see that there. And, you know, uh, oh, wow, what's going on? And, you know, like trying to be, maybe I was just being a pussy. Maybe I should have not cared about being older, being a member of the, being a whatever representative of the club, being old white dude talking to a young black dude in Atlanta. I should have maybe just said, hey, man, put that fucking thing away. Maybe just like that. I would have straightened it out. I don't know. That's not what who I am or how my how I roll, nor did my gut tell me to do that. So I tried to play it like, you know, dude. But of course, not of course, when you don't fucking shove someone in the chest, and this has been my experience from having shoved a few people or at least put my hand on a few people's chest and also having not done it, a lot of times when you don't do that, people don't get the fucking message. And this kid didn't get the message. And every time I turned around, he was filming me and I was reacting to it like that. Like, oh, hey, dude, what's up? And to make matters worse, he was so fucking entitled. He was like spread across three seats in the back, in the, in the viewing area. You know, here's my new tripod. I've opened it up and I'm, I'm putting the packaging over here and the receipt here. And my backpack is two yards away. And it's just like way more of a claim of the public space which is not really public, you motherfucker. It's just, and and then is normal, right? There are a lot of comics in the back being nervous, probably uncomfortable with this guy fucking having his camera scanning them the whole time. And, and then finally I was like, dude, you really should probably stop doing that. And he's like, oh, no, no, I was pointing the camera at myself, which, great. But I don't know, dude, I'm fucking old. And also, I'm a... Uh, former or current perv I know I could say if I wanted to I could say oh no no I'm recording myself and I'm aiming the camera like what the fuck are you talking about dude I'm recording I'm recording myself doesn't matter just put the fucking phone away the I don't want to say coup de gras because there were two key movements here <laughs> that happened uh, one is there is a table backstage in the viewing area it's different than the green room but at the laughing skull there's a viewing area that has a couple, that has a couple couches sectionals <laughs> I think they're called sectionals which is like uh, multiples like just you can just add clothing clothing from the 80s multiples the viewing area has these couches and then a table and it's rare that someone puts their feet on the table and usually people who put their feet on the table are weekend regulars who were not raised right. <laughs> I don't, they're usually weekend regulars who are young and young, dumb, and full of cum. And I get it. But this kid put his feet on the table. And there are people behind him, to the left of him, and I'm confident he's in his 20s. There are people there in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and he has his feet, he's the only person with his feet on the table, which you add to him videoing everything and his claim of way too much space so someone else can't put their purse down because all of his shit is spread out, right? Someone else can't take a seat because his backpack is on it. Just like no, in basketball, no court awareness. He has no awareness of what's going on around him. But for me, the, I don't want to say the straw, but feet on a table, 
now, even though it's not my house, I just don't like that. It's just disrespectful. And it's bad form. So, again, I get up close to, because it's so early in the show, I don't want to say, hey, man, move your fucking feet off the table. Which, I'm confident your fucking grandma would smack you and tell you to do the same fucking thing, but I'm not your grandma. And maybe your mom, or your dad, or your grandfather would have fucking done it too. But I know an elder in your family would have fucking smacked your feet off the table. So I say, in like... Maybe passive-aggressive, but kind of judo, calling his attention to it without trying to embarrass him in front of everybody around him. I say, hey, would you mind please moving, would you mind taking your feet off the table so I can get by? Which he did, right? So I say, hey, would you mind taking your feet off the table so I can get by? I just put it out there. I'm explaining it to you now, right? So now it seems like, oh, maybe I was doing this passive-aggressive thing. Maybe I was. But what I'm trying to do is acknowledge your feet are on the fucking table. And I'm asking you to take them off, but I'm not making it a sword fight where we have to bow up at each other. And because that's not my objective. My objective is not to bow up. My objective is to have a great show, have the have the people in the audience have a wonderful time, tell other friends about it, come back, spend money in the club and the restaurant that support that is uh, adjacent to it. So I say to him, say to him, hey, would you mind uh, please moving your taking your feet off the table so I can get by? He takes his feet off the table. Whoops. God, I always hit the microphone right about this this part of the show. <laughs> so he takes his feet off of the table as I walk by to sit on the, as I go past him to sit on the couch. Did I need to sit on the couch that I want to see the comic who was on stage? Maybe. But I didn't need I, what I was trying to do is get him get his feet off the table. You're in my house. I I, I don't mean that like I own it and I'm powerful. I mean, I have responsibility for the experience of lots of people there. That's what I mean, like my house. And you're just one young jerk-off. So I say to him, I told you what I said to him 10,000 times. I go past him. I sit down on the couch. I look up at the monitor to watch the set on, on 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 the board. And he says, oh, yeah, sorry, or something like that. And then he said, and I don't know the exact words he used, but he he was trying to figure out if it was okay. He either said, is it okay to put my feet on the table? Is it is that not okay to put my feet on the table? Is it cool if I... I don't know exactly what he said, but he solicited my opinion on putting his feet on the table. To which I said, it depends on how you were raised. <laughs> which is fucking true. And... Only later did I think I was going like at his mom, which I understand is, is you know, but my inti- I would have said that to anybody, but I do know that indirectly, and after I said it, I was like indirectly knew I was going at a young black man's mom. But full clarity, I would have said that to fucking anybody. And if I wouldn't have said it to him, then something else is going on, probably. So I said, but I, but I wasn't thinking like, and you know, I know how important your mom is, any of that shit. I was just saying, it. I just said, depends how you were raised. And of course, the people sitting next to me started fucking laughing. Because regardless of what color you are, <laughs> if you think it's cool to put your feet on someone's fucking table, it depends on how you were raised. 
That's it. And if you were raised to think that's cool, then you were raised to think it's cool to put your feet on someone's fucking table and uh, you weren't raised right. (laughs) By my estimation, I try not to be judgmental. You know that. Uh, But you some somewhere along the lines something was missed there there was you did not learn to not put your feet on someone's fucking table especially when you're company when you're over at someone's place now as a punk rocker as a as someone who likes going against authority and all that shit yeah if you want to be a jerk off and put your feet on the table then you're a jerk off but you're also a jerk off you know this is not that I don't know what the rebellion would be. Just uh, Anyway, so I said that to him, and then he didn't say anything. But like I said, the people around laughed. And I just went about my night hosting the show, having a good time. It was a really fun show. Like I said, these Wednesday nights at the Laughing Skull, you should come check them out. It was really fun. So... The show goes on. He's not up until, and I kind of forget him. Be, I don't know where. He Maybe he went to fucking film himself taking a leak in the bathroom. I couldn't tell you what he was doing. But let's say midway or two-thirds of the way through the show, I come off stage from introducing the last comic. And as soon as I come off stage, he has the fucking... Can- which... I'm going from talking to 80 people. Just put your... I'm not a victim. But I pride myself on being the wisest, most mature, slow things down, composure leads to the best decisions, see the whole... (laughs) Like I try to really slow things down. So when other people in the room are getting hot, I'm like, yeah, but here's how we're going to finesse this. Because it's no use to get in this screaming match with this drunk guy. I'm not talking about this. I'm just talking. I pride myself on sang froid, on being composed under duress. So here's what happens. Imagine you're standing on a stage with lights shining on you, and you're talking to 80 people, and you're introducing someone that they've never seen to come out and talk to them. And when you're finished doing that, you take five steps and go behind a wall and to like catch to all of a sudden you're coming off stage and you're going to make a quick mental adjustment. Okay, I'm off stage. What's next? And the fucking split second you get off stage, there is this fucking dude with his camera right in your face filming you coming off stage. And in that moment, you recruit, remember pull up, regurgitate him jamming the camera in your face an hour and a half ago when he first showed his face in the club. You remember him uh, filming you every time you fucking turned around and making dumb little statements about, oh, I'm not like filming you, I'm, I'm, I'm filming me, even though the camera's two feet from your face. And then him saying, <laughs> or him putting his feet on the table and me having to, you know, tell him he wasn't raised right essentially, indirectly. All of that surges forth, and I say, dude, you got to get that fucking thing out of my face. Which is human, and it, you know, it it humanizes me for the other comics, like, you're not a fucking robot. No. Uh, 
I'm like, dude, you got to get that fucking thing out of my face, which I'm sure he recorded. And in that moment, I told Nick, like, I fucking get I Now, I understand cops a little bit. I mean, I don't understand cops, but really what I understand is celebrities. I understand how TMZ works. You harass someone long enough until they snap and then you capture the snap and then you sell it to the masses, right? And then the person who snapped looks like the maniac, but the audience doesn't see the hour and a half, the four days, the 26 years if you're a celebrity being harassed by these fucking assholes and then the reaction, the effect becomes the cause, which doesn't make sense. We've talked about this on this podcast. So I don't like reacting emotionally. I like having an emotional experience, but I like controlling. Here's what you can do. You've heard me say this, I think. It's very hard to control emotion, but what you can control is how that emotion is expressed. You know, so like your dog can step on your, like I have slides on. My dog can step on my slide. Clark, the dog, steps on my slide. And it immediately makes me almost trip. And I'm like. But I don't fucking kick him. I catch my breath. I kick the other one. (laughs) I beat the fuck out of my wife. Oh, I catch my breath and realize he's not. Or remind myself. Process the idea. He's not doing that intentionally. Okay. So I'm like. What I can control is the expression of that. And the expression is. You know what? It wasn't that big of a deal. And I changed the emotion. Or I can get mad, but I don't take it out on him. I think, you know what? Here's how I'm going to channel this anger about him stepping on my flip-flop. Next time, I'm going to let him go through the door first instead of letting him follow me down the stairs into the basement. Right? So I pride myself on controlling my emotions, and I I know the literature. I'm uh, sorry, I knocked the microphone. I know the literature. I... Uh, no, the human experience, the best decisions get made with the greatest clarity. And they do not get made when you're under pressure and just reacting. So, but sometimes you're like, fuck off, right? I mean, we're all humans, right? <laughs> I'm going to take, take the goddamn film out of that camera, Alec Baldwin, or take that SIM card out of that thing, stomp on the ground, whatever it is. So I kind of, I didn't kind of, I snapped at this guy and I was like, dude, get that fucking thing out of my face. It's a lot, dude. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, there are 20 fucking comics that I have to put on stage that are all nervous, or at least 16 of them are nervous. There are 80 paying people out there. Like, there's a lot going on. Everyone wants to know who's next, how much time, where's the light. And I'm in the zone doing that. But you're just going to, you're going to fucking tilt me a little bit. A little bit. T- I, I don't, like I said, I, I'm uncomfortable going on tilt. But every once in a while, I was like, dude, fuck off. So I said that, and I'm sure if he wanted to, he could post it on, you know, laughingskullsucks.com or, you know, some site that he's going to create. I don't know what he's going to do with it. So I snapped at him. And Nick's like, yeah, dude, fucking of course. So he kind of got the message, and he went and, I don't want to say he 
slunk down, but he, he kind of was out of my orbit for a while. I don't know where he was. But he kept... He's just... He's somebody who doesn't adapt, is what, what it is. He does not realize what the environment is. And he, he's, he doesn't really realize what the environment is, and he's not adjusting to it. And, you know, and as a result, he's, he would get weeded out of it. Right? Nobody in that environment is going to help him. Nobody's going to care about him because he's not playing by the same rules as everyone else. It's evolution. Natural selection. So the show goes on. Some time before he goes up, he again is present, and, and I'm aware of him. I was more aware of this young kid who's never done fucking stand-up comedy ever in his life than I was with one of my best friends, Nick Murphy, who I spent... I I can't spend time with Nick because I have to, I'm fucking being harassed by this kid. So I become aware of him again, and he he's, he's one of those dumb... I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to asperse the, char- the character anymore. I don't want to assign things to the individual. So what I will just say is, I will just talk about the behaviors. And the behaviors are, you keep acting like a, keep acting like a dickhead. These people who keep acting like a dickhead, but apologize for it, and then keep acting like a dickhead. You know those kind of people? That's who this guy was. Hey, man, sorry about that. I, I, I'm blah, 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 blah. And then you keep doing it. It's like wildly tone deaf. And uh, it's just, those are the behaviors that I'm describing. So he does it again. Hey, man, he comes up. Hey, man, this is like the show's now three quarters of the way through. He's probably going to go up pretty soon. Hey, man, sorry. Uh, just wanted to make sure we're good, we're cool, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, man. No worries. Let's just fucking move on. I, I whatever. I, I'm, and I'm trying to get get out of the conversation. But then he says, uh, "But I do want to let you know," or I, and I can't. I, I don't know the exact words. Just like I didn't know the exact words, and he was trying to figure out if it was cool to put his feet on the seat on the table. But he didn't say, "I, I want you to know," or it was fucked up, or I didn't appreciate. It was some sort of. What I'm characterizing to you is him expressing his disapproval for something I said. <laughs> so it could have been, uh, you were all good, but I think that was fucked up. Or, hey, man, we're all good, but I didn't appreciate when you said. Or, uh, we're all good, but uh, that wasn't cool. I don't know the exact words he used, but what he expressed to me was he did not appreciate that I said uh, he could, whatever, the, him leaving his feet on the table would depend on how he was raised. And you know what? If I wasn't raised right, <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody fucking give me that shit either. And I don't know his family situation at all, but I know that my mom was single when she was 20 fucking seven or whatever and grinded. And maybe this kid's mom did. Somehow my mom got me to know that and I'm not comparing moms because my mom's not that great (laughs) my mom's great I'm not comparing moms I'm just saying like I don't know your situation dude but you missed that fucking message and if me saying it depends on how you're raised 
and everybody laughs and you get butt hurt, that's on you. It's just on you. And maybe you're being loyal to your mom. I don't know. Maybe you're uh, whatever. I, I don't know what you're doing. But he said, I didn't appreciate that. So that, that was the vibe he conveyed. Well, I'm sure you fucking didn't. I didn't appreciate you jamming Cameron in my face the whole night and me asking. I didn't say any of this, though, because I'm a fucking adult. And now I'm just ranting about it here because you all are my friends and you, you know, let me just download and express this to you. But he said, because my mom, you know, it's fucked up because uh, she has cancer. Uh, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. And I say that as sincerely as I can. So what does that mean? Where's what I have a fucking crystal ball? First of all, I don't give a shit. I really don't. I don't know your mom. You're a fucking asshole. Maybe your mom's a fucking asshole too. There are moms who are fucking assholes. I don't know. But I don't give a shit. I honestly don't care. You are no one to me. Not because you're a fucking open micer. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. And the fact that you're trying to make me feel bad about that or take the high road because I, what on earth could you possibly be? What could you possibly be thinking? That I should be respectful of your mom who's in the hospital or has cancer and what? I, I should have known that. I should have known. You know what, dude? She can have cancer and still have done a shitty job raising you. There are lots of bad moms who have had illnesses. <laughs> Just like there have been good moms who've been super healthy. Just like there have been bad moms who haven't had illnesses and great moms who've gotten super sick across the fucking racial socioeconomic spectrum. So, the fact that your mom has cancer really doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> the fact that your fucking feet are on the table, you jerk off. That's where my like head was in the moment. Um, I don't think I said quite all that. I didn't say all that because, again, I'm the adult. It's not about club employee, young kid, any of that. It's I'm the adult, so I'm not going to get down into the you know, the O'Reilly factor of of talking to someone who's uh, who's illogical. Cares about his mom, great. But I don't. I don't. I, what I know is the reality of the situation is you had your fucking feet on the table and however that happened <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with me or any other mom in the building. I don't know. So then he, that's, that's basically it is, uh, that's maybe it's just a generational thing. That's, is that something normal where you just act like such a fucking tone deaf nitwit the whole night long and you, you try to leave with the, the moral high ground. It's preposterous to me. Anyway, you really want to know the, the, $64,000 question or the $1 million question. How did he do? He bombed his fucking balls off. That's it. He bombed his balls off. And comics backstage were like, say this, say that, say this, say that. You know, they were giving me roasts. 
And before I could even use one of them, and normally, and especially if you see one of my TikTok videos, those are my goddamn roasts. They're not anybody else's. But I rarely use someone else's roasts unless, you know, unless they pay me to. <laughs> I couldn't even get into a roast that a comic gave me because... As soon as I walked out and he went away, he got played off by the music too because, again, not aware of the environment. A black woman in the front row, as soon as the music started playing and he got off the stage, she looked up at me and she goes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that's all I said. I said to the crowd, this woman, when he walked off stage, she just said thank you. And the whole crowd fucking burst into flames laughing just because that guy got off stage. And I didn't even have to I didn't have to roast him at all. And then he kept fucking apologizing and like ugh. it's maladaptive. You know I'm big on <laughs> adaptation. It's maladaptive to say you're sorry for something, which because you're acknowledging how you haven't figured it out, and yet you still almost aggressively aren't figuring it out. Insane. Wow, I can't believe how long I talked about that. I can't believe, and maybe I'll be on TMZ. I'll tell you what, I have a lot of respect. You've heard me talk about it before, because I have a few, I don't say famous friends, but a few peop- famous whatever, associate associates, famous peep friends-ish. It's, it looks horrible. And having a camera pointed in your face, also what is the deal, not just with like a young kid like that, like walking in, acting so entitled and filming. What is the deal with people thinking you can just fucking film Mike Tyson? Or you can just go harass Mike Tyson? I am aware now of twice, I learned about it today, but like twice in the last week, people have talked shit to Mike Tyson. That's like, that is, I get it, you have to throw stones at the <laughs> at the OGs and the people that came before you because they fucked it all up, but, you know, the music always gets louder, that sort of thing. You have to rebel against those who came before you and you should really challenge the system. But I'm aware of two different instances in which people talk shit to Mike Tyson. What are you, he's still Mike Tyson. What on earth? I saw a video of a man fucking popping shit at him while Tyson's just sitting on a plane. <laughs> y'all, y'all have lost your fucking minds. Do you, I, I know you haven't seen Mike Tyson fight, but go watch the videos from the late 80s, early 90s. You remember me talking about uh, James Buster. One of these podcasts, I talk about James Buster Douglas, the man who defeated Tyson, right? And remember I said his his pop said, just let them hands go. (laughs) Go look at some Tyson videos. I don't care if he's 50, 60, 70. You got to show some, you don't have to show respect, but show respect for what could happen to you. That's just... It's failing to, you're just not adapting to the environment if you, if Mike Tyson's sitting in front of you on a plane and you just lean over and continue to harass him. 
he's going to fucking dot your eye. And I think that's what happened. So, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. And the other thing I, I should underline about that kid saying he didn't appreciate me saying uh, whatever I said about how he was raised. That just highlights how he's not a comic. A comic, if if a comic, I don't know. I, I, a comic cannot like things. A comic can find things repulsive. But I just think if you're a comic who gets offended by something, I don't, I don't know. I, I, what does that mean to be offended? If, if, if you're a, I've never heard a good comic say they were offended about anything. Let's, let's say it that way. I don't, I, I'm not going to do the, the whole dissertation on it and say, if you're offended, it means this. Or if you say you're offended, that. But what I can tell you is I've never heard a good comic say they were offended by anything. Any, I've never heard a good comic say they were offended by something. So if you say you're offended by something, makes me think you're not a real comic. Anyway, I wanted to talk about, well, I have a lot to talk about. But I'm in the interest of someone, uh, the person I want to talk about, because I received another, uh, a nice email f- from her. And you know what I received? And let me uh, grab it real quickly to, it's not searching the internet, because remember I told you I would never do that on this podcast. Our friend, 15 underscore, responded in the uh, podcast reviews as he always does. You'll recall from last time, I don't have to remind you or rewind you, that uh, the woman who commutes late at night uh, has a 45-minute commute, hence the uh, she doesn't want to sit in her driveway and have me just destroying all night, uh, hence the podcast being around 45 minutes. I said we have to come up with a name for her because she's put a lot of stuff in her emails that I would like to talk about. Because there's so much, because you know what? She's grown. She's, I think she said she's 41 or 42. She has, she's lived a life. She has kids. She probably has a mortgage. She has fucking, like, she's a real person. She's not some asshole with a camera (laughs) trying to harass a host. (laughs) But she has stuff to talk about that I want to get into. And I'm not, I will do it uh, in the future. So please keep sending in everyone if you want to get in touch. And I realize the better way to get in touch with me is to email yesjoesmith at gmail.com because now when I go on Instagram, thank you so much, everyone, for supporting. The messages are too long, not too long, but the messages are, I get a lot of messages. Um, anyway, email the podcast, yesjoesmith at gmail.com. But this woman, we were talking about, well, if I'm going to talk about her, emails and refer to the material she mentioned from her life we need a name for her and i i she had suggested and then i was broaching the idea with 15 that we should call her 45 underscore versus underscore 45 because it takes her 45 minutes to get home she's a fan of the podcast she's also a fan of 15 underscore and it's consistent with the theme and 15 being such a g said the following, because I, I took a screenshot of it, 
15 said earlier in the week, Mr. Host, first of all, his review is titled, I'll Approve. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Thank you, 15. Mr. Host, I'm cool with late night commuter being called 45 underscore versus underscore 45. And then he adds, with a touch of menace, don't mix up the names, sir. <laughs> I won't, 45. Don't mix up the names. Chat with you next week. And then he has a brown hand with a one, a brown hand with a five, out, and then metal horns. 15, out. So, woman who drives late at night, 15 would endorse you being called 45 underscore versus underscore 45. However, reading him saying this, calling, referring to you as late night commuter, I was thinking, I just had the thought over the last couple of days, whenever I first saw this, I guess I probably saw it on Wednesday, Late night commuter is what 45 called you. And then I was like, how clever is that if, if you're LN, LNC, late night commuter, commuter? And then I'm like, why don't we just call you LNC? LNC. How's that, everyone? It's, I don't know if it's hack, but it's, it's, it's not hack. It just, it just arose. So 15 calls you late night commuter. The initials for, and I'm not going to say every time, and late night commuter said, but I could say Ellen C said, but why don't I just say Ellen, like the uh, talk show host and former stand-up comic who used to rip Ellen and uh, civil rights icon. Well, not civil, civil rights, yeah, civil rights icon, civil liberties icon. I don't mean civil rights like, you know, John Lewis, but Ellen, certainly a fucking G in the game, runs a fucking highly toxic workplace, apparently. <laughs> but much respect for her... Uh, her journey and what she did for so many people who followed her uh talk about representation how about just ellen ellen c not like ellen d generous you're ellen ellen c generous ellen c 45 or 15 either of you what do you think about that ellen c let me know what you think about that we'll talk about it next time come see me at the laughing skull friday night saturday i'll uh tell you also if you want next time if i remember about uh goddamn raccoon that scared the shit out of me <laughs> so thank you for your support have a great weekend and let me know what you think of lnc bye